Oh, I'm so excited. Today we have on the podcast, Adrian Jura. He is the CTO of IPix Entertainment. Interesting guy, no venture money, right? He co-founded IPix Entertainment. They used the money from their first contract, first contract making a video game, to bootstrap their company and grow from two employees in 2011 to over 300 employees Six years later, they're making about 20 games a year. When you look at them, they are the most modern, beautiful games that you have ever seen. And it's no wonder that they are the world leader in mobile gaming. He even created his own scripting language. Like this guy is the guy who wrote the scripting language to efficiently develop the games because they were bootstrapped and they needed to be able to generate these things real quick and real smart. We talk about his thoughts on virtual reality and consumer behavior and we also talk about this awesome thing that they're doing with Amazon Alexa. They made this game with your voice called Path of Discovery Europa. All right, so we're going to talk about all this stuff right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. I am a personal like nerd when it comes to user interfaces and design, things like that. Like I always look for the really high quality uh, user experiences. And the moment your trailer started playing and it started cycling through two or three of the games, I was just, I knew instantly you can see quality and require that in your products. And that makes me happy. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, we had a lot of problems because we wanted always to be everything to be perfect. So it's uh, very hard to, uh, to achieve that quality uh, because uh, a lot of the times uh, you need to um, be on, uh, on the budget. You cannot uh, push the limits on everything, but uh, because we are independent, we have that freedom to um, to create uh, the best quality that we can. Yeah, that's always a tough balance, right? Balancing how much work you're putting into something and the quality of where you want it, but also meeting your deadlines and getting things out the door and product shipped. Yeah, yeah, because uh, uh, that's that's the most important part being independent that we did took any investment from outside because uh, we lost a lot of money on some projects but uh, uh, it made people happier and uh, um, it uh, it uh, be- we, we have a lot of benefits uh, not from selling that product but to, uh, we have we can uh, work on products that are uh, that require more quality and uh, that are bigger projects uh, we can show to someone that we can do that so i work with a lot of different people who have money like a lot of investment groups and the thing that they have trouble with is finding the people who can execute because they're money people. They have money all the time, but to find the quality company that can push the product forward and get it out, that's the, t- that's the tough thing for them to find. Yeah. We also have uh, um, the problem when we talk with uh, the investors or uh, for some project from some, our project, because they, they want to see something that you already did and they want to invest in something that um, they can see that you did before. And they don't want to give you a chance. So a lot of uh, times we uh, make a product before that and show to them that we are capable of that. Um, one of the, those things was uh, uh, narrative games. Um, we made a, a lifeline narrative game 
and everybody said because we are from Serbia, we are not a native English speaker, um, that we cannot uh, make a good story in English. It's not possible. Uh, you need to be an English writer for that. And uh, we took our best people, they wrote a story, and uh, the story was uh, better than most of the writings from English native people. Right, because, you know, when it comes down to it, we're human and we all communicate based on emotion. So the language is a variable. We all understand like how we feel and how how stories play out. That's a human thing, not a language thing. Yeah, and uh, I think that everybody uh, who has a passion for that uh, can learn uh, the, a lot of things. So it's not only important what you did, but what's your potential? Uh, how quickly can you learn? I think that it's the most important thing. Not to judge someone, but... Uh, by, uh, by something that he knows, but uh, something that he can learn and how fast he can learn. That is so interesting that you bring that up because I was having this conversation last week with another CTO and we were talking about hiring people, right? Because hiring people is always a challenge. You want great people. And he, we were talking about how we go through the hiring process and those things. And I said something that he hadn't heard before, which was when I hire someone, I look for their knowledge gaps. So I look for the things that they do not know, right? Because there's always things that we don't know. And then I ask them, if I like them and everything's going well, I ask them for a follow-up interview, like two days later, and I say, go learn this thing that you don't know and come back and explain it to me in two days because technology moves so fast. So your skill or your ability to go learn something new and then being able to come back and understand it and explain it simply, that's an entire skill that's very underrated. We don't talk about it a lot. Uh, yeah, that's the most important thing. Uh, also, when we started our company, uh, I made a test for um, uh, for uh, new programmers that would come, come to interview. And uh, I made a, our, our game engine, proprietary game engine, and I also made a programming language, actual scripting language. Uh, it's our scripting language. So uh, we made a, a test where you need to make a mini game or something like that in our programming language. And uh, uh, because it, uh, we needed to make it fast, we didn't uh, have a good documentation uh, for the test. So it's a bit hard to, um, to get to start working with our technology and everything. And um, that, that's because we, we didn't have time. But over the time, it proved that it, that, that test was the greatest uh, thing that we did because uh, uh, the people who uh, know something uh, and don't want to learn cannot solve that. Uh, only people who are motivated to learn new things, to try, uh, try, try and uh, make mistakes can learn because there was not no documentation. Not, no, no, not the documentation was bad and everything that... So when we made this, when we had the time and we made the test, we also um, wanted to make a test with bad documentation because in that way we got uh, the results from people who are really trying to solve that. So it's very interesting thing about our tests on the first test that we that we did. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So what you're saying is because you were moving fast and you made this test on your own proprietary language and you didn't have documentation. What that ultimately did was it filtered out and found the most the, the brightest most motivated people right is that yes, what you're saying yes yes uh, we, we, we awesome. found found the best people uh, the, 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 those who want to learn uh, it was not a requirement to solve everything 
but to prove to ourselves that you tried to de to do everything to uh, to solve that. Uh, so it's it's not okay if if you not are not solving uh, if you did not solve the test, uh, you are not hired. It's not like that. We we uh, we looked uh, how um, how did you approach through the problem and everything. So in that way, we found found that people who uh, uh, are willing to learn. Yeah, and it's no surprise that your company grew as big as it did because you're doing the right things yeah uh, we we at first uh, we begin to uh, because we didn't have a lot of money to hire experienced people and uh, in serbia there there was no other game development company where from where you can uh, find people uh, uh, game development is, is specific because nobody uh, not everybody wants to work on games so uh, we needed to find the inexperienced people uh, because we'll pay them uh, smaller salaries and they will uh, but who will want to learn fast so that they can help us later to uh, scale the company and everything so they are scaling uh, with the company exactly and it's a good exchange too because they're making enough money to live right but they're getting all of this experience of what it takes to set up a company and the different problems you run into they get that experience which will help them farther on in their in their career right yeah so um they learn a, a lot of things so and they are very 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 loyal to the company and uh, they are trying their best to uh, keep uh, uh, the pace and everything uh, and i think from uh, the first 30 or 50 employees are still in the company that uh, uh, came to the company and uh, are, are still there they're, they didn't left the company. That, that's a very, very good thing because uh, uh, you have loyal employees who uh, um, think that the, the company is, uh, to f that feels the company as their own company. 100%. So I'm looking here and I see that uh, you started this with two friends back in 2011. So what's like the origin story? How did it come about? Were you all hanging out and decided to do this or how did it yeah. start? Yeah. Uh, uh, which I uh, worked with my partners uh, before, but part time on games for four or five years before that. Um, and uh, after that, I, I had a few startups that failed, uh, mostly web startups and everything. And um, at one moment, um, uh, Mirko, who is the CEO of the company, uh, came to, to two of us. We all have different backgrounds. I'm uh, the programmer. Uh, Mirko, who is the CEO, is the manager who is uh, managing the company, and uh, one one more guy, Vladimir, who is the chief creative officer, who is uh, responsible for art and everything else. So we have uh, three guys who have different backgrounds, uh, who uh, who form a great team. Um, Mirko, Mirko um, saw the opportunity in, in uh, hidden object puzzle adventure games, so that there is a. Uh, uh, an opportunity to make those kind of games that uh, the market uh, uh, is not overcrowded and uh, that there we have a chance to work uh, on those games and they are pretty stable they have a sta stable market so we can uh, know how good will, will those games uh, sell uh, they are not uh, the, the, it, it was a pretty stable market so the idea was to um, try to make a demo and to see uh, if we can uh, uh, strike a deal with a publisher um, to publish our game. 
so we made a demo without money, without everything. Uh, we worked on that very hard. We also wanted to do, uh, to uh, be the best quality game. It was really polished and everything. And uh, after that, uh, uh, Big Clear Games, who is our publisher, uh, decided to uh, sign a deal with us to publish that game. And then it all be began. Uh, then we started working on the game. We uh, received some advanced money for the game, and we started hiring people. That's uh, uh, the the first part when we started the company. After that, um, we saw that when when we were still developing the first game, we saw the opportunity to make more games in parallel, to make uh, m multiple teams, uh, and um, uh, work on uh, multiple games. Because we are also we are based in Serbia, where the workforce is pretty cheap. It's a lot cheaper for us to make a game here than in the United States. We could uh, make that uh, work for us, and we started working a lot of uh, games. Uh, but we didn't. But still, we didn't publish our first game. So it it was a bit a risk, but it proved that uh, it was a very good move, because uh, in uh, in our first year we published in 2012 one game. In 2013, eight games. Uh, 2014, uh, 15 games, and then 23 games. And at that time, uh, we were, uh, as still we are today, the most productive Hoppa uh, developer in the world. So we are uh, we are publishing the uh, the biggest number of Hoppa games in uh, the world. Uh, for one game, you need uh, around six months to nine months to develop. So it's a lot, a lot of teams who work uh, uh, on those games. That is fantastic. No, I love your story. I love that you guys were able to, you know, you put work in, you developed the prototype, you got it to where it was usable and you got money. I love that. And I love that you didn't take a huge like capital injection buyout. You used your contracts to development to grow your business, which is the best type of businesses in my opinion, right? And then you, you and your partners figured out how to scale and how to deal with the growth. And that is just absolutely phenomenal. So I love that. Now, another thing I saw here that I am really excited to talk about, right, is I saw that you did some VR, some virtual reality, yeah. right? Uh, and I want to know what you think about the market. Is it 10 years down the road or is it here today? Um it is it is almost here <laughs> it's not it's mm -hmm. here but um i think um it will be here next year uh we will focus we will, we will um, make a separate team now that will uh, focus on vr and uh, we will uh, push more um more projects toward toward vr and more people more resources so i think that um we are a bit late, but not too late for VR because I think uh, now uh, the VR will start selling. Uh, you you have a lot of mobile VR who will be uh, released uh, in a few months, uh, and uh, I think it will be a very big push for that. Uh, the, our first VR project was uh, just to see the market and everything, uh, uh, what we can do, and uh, it didn't pay off, but. We saw and we know what to expect from VR. Um, there are uh, a few people who made uh, the profit there, and uh, uh, there are also people who uh, made a profit from investments, uh, uh, not from selling the game. 
uh, we want to foc to be focused on selling the game and to have a high quality game that can sell. So I think uh, that the next year will be um, a good year for us for VR because, as I said, we can make a product cheaper than uh, the others and have a uh, higher quality than them. That's that's where our strength is. No, that's that's brilliant. You guys have mastered the production aspect of putting out high quality games. Now, the platform or the medium will change in life, right? Like it'll grow and maybe become VR. But I'm always interested in the VR conversation because VR has been around since the 80s, but it hasn't, the consumer behavior isn't there. Like I personally, I don't know anyone that spends an hour a day playing VR. I don't. And I know people that play console games and I know I see my wife, she plays, uh, I think some of your games, they look like your games and they're absolutely beautiful and she's playing them and she plays them on the couch and watches the baby. And then my friends, they play things like the first person shooter type console games on the PlayStation, the Xbox, but I don't know anyone that's using VR, but I see a lot happening in the investment world. And I'm just wondering like what, whether it's going to be three, five or 10 years, I think in 20 years, VR will be huge, right? Like, I think that's a safe bet, but I just don't know what's going to happen on the in-between. Uh, yeah, um, every, everybody is investing in hardware right, right now. Um, there are not a lot of investments in content. So that's a problem because, uh, because of that, you will see in five to 10 years the investment in, in content. But uh, um, right now, the developers are on their own um, to try to make something that uh, can be uh, profitable on VR. Uh, you have a few games uh, that are AAA that are uh, ported, let's say, uh, to VR, like Skyrim, Fallout, uh, Doom. And uh, those games, I think, can push a bit um, the consumers toward VR. They will want to try those games in VR. So um, those games were released uh, a few weeks ago. So that's why I think uh, now is a good moment to start developing uh, some games because there will be attraction. It will not be huge. It will uh, start start slowing, uh, increasing, uh, and also the, a lot of is happening uh, with uh, uh, mobile VR. We we were talking about uh, the VR for PC that's still expensive. And uh, that's a high quality VR that's very good, interesting to play, like HTC Vive or Oculus Rift. And uh, on the other uh, side, we have uh, Daydream devices uh, and uh, Gear VR. And now you have a uh, Facebook uh, Go and uh, also HTC uh, announced their Focus devices. So uh, the next year, I think uh, uh, there will be a very, very big push with, with mobile devices. And we will see what will happen there. That's, that's, that will be very interesting because. Um, I think uh, a lot of content will be uh, streamed, maybe to uh, if you want to want to watch games on uh, um, football games or uh, um, some other ba basketball games. You, you you can watch on the mobile devices, so that will probably uh, help the VR go mainstream. Ooh, that would be that's actually really interesting. Yeah, the sports community is massive, so if VR. Uh, made its way through the sports community, that would really open it up for a lot of other potential. Another thing that super stood out to me, right, is that you did some game, and I didn't look into it too deep, so I want to know about it. You did some game for an Amazon Alexa device. Uh, yeah, 
it was um, a game uh, that is not commercial. It, we did it for uh, to be a free game to test the platform and everything, and uh, uh, we we uh, made a partnership with Amazon, so we worked uh, directly with them on the, uh, that game, so we had access to uh, the newest libraries and everything. So it was very interesting uh, because of that. It's um, really um, a great game. It's a narrative game. Um, that uh, is published on uh, Amazon Alexa, and uh, we we are also continuing to to make those kind of games to to be in that uh, uh, market to, to see there we cannot still monetize that game, but in the future uh, we uh, we will also wanted to be there because I think uh, something also will happen there, like in VR. Uh, we don't know what to expect, but we want to try and to be in every market to to. Feel that market, what what is happening there, and uh, when uh, the market is ready, we will be prepared for that, and uh, we prob we probably can make something, we can make some success there also. No, that's an ultra smart uh, recurring theme I've heard from you is you like to go into a market with freemium, see what the adoption rate, see how many people are using it, see what's happening in the market, and then inject a monetization strategy, which is just absolutely brilliant, right? Because your monetization is always going to be less than the total use, right? You're always going to have a percentage of paid users that are less than your total users. So that's really smart. And I love that you guys do that. You know, I, I guess I'm just so excited because I, I like when I hear people doing things like the right way and smart, the smart way. And I just absolutely love that. And is this game that you're talking about with Amazon Alexa? Now, I thought, or I have the mindset that like I have, I have an Alexa, right? She's sitting right next to me. Is it a voice game or is it like a does it have a video? Because I know there's some new Amazon video devices out. Yeah, it is a voice game um, uh, where uh, you are talking with uh, uh, um, someone who guides you through a voyage to a planet or something like that. Uh, um, it's a game where you have a choices and uh, where you, uh, based on your choices, the story develops. So uh, you uh, you play the game with uh, based on your choices. So it's a that's why I say it's a narrative based game. Like in the old days, there were text adventures. It's still text adventures. Those old text text adventures. But now you play with voice. You hear the story, the ambient, the everything, uh, and that in, you play in that way. We also have support for those uh, uh, new devices that have video. So while you are playing the game, you can see some pictures on on that devices, but uh, the most important part is that you uh, make choices with your voice. You are talk, talk you are, you are talking with other person that's that's guiding you through the game. That is unbelievable. That has got to be one of the coolest things I have heard. What is the name of the game, and how can people that are listening download it? Uh, yeah, it's uh, 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 the name uh, of the game. It's uh, Path of Europa. Um, actually, Path of Path Path of Dis Discovery Europe. Um, so you can um, uh, you can try it uh, uh, and uh, see uh, how how do you like it. You, you should really try it because it's a very interesting uh, game. When I think that's uh, it's a sci-fi game, so someone who likes to read sci-fi uh, books will be very interesting in that game. Absolutely, yeah. I you had me at the name right because isn't Europa one of Jupiter's moons that's yeah. filled with like frozen seawater? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so like. I'm a big yeah. I'm a big fan of 
uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson and all the the different universe stuff that him and Bill Nine they talk about on Star Talk, and I I just love that. And so when you said it was uh, Europa, I was I was sold just off the name. Yeah, you like the game, so I think that you will like the 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 whole story and everything. Very cool. All right. So I I always like to ask the different guests. I like to ask. So you've been doing this for a long time, <laughs> right? So you have a lot of experience. If you could go back to 2012 when you guys launched your first game, I know you were developing 2011, but if you go back to 2012 and you're launching your f- first game, what would you tell yourself? What sort of advice would you give your younger self? Hmm. Um, I think that... Uh... To work more with people, it's it's very important. Uh, I I I was working uh, a lot of time with people, but I think that's never never enough. And to uh, try uh, to find uh, more people who can uh, help you with uh, developing the company, uh, not not to find not to find uh, only the best programmers, but also you need someone who can. Uh, be a mid- middleman management like to have leader skills because when you grow the company you are missing those people we, i think that i was more based on programming and delivering the results and not uh, uh, about the organizational thing so i i, I think that uh, one of the uh, mistakes that we made uh, to have more people who are uh, leaders in uh, to promote and to um, to educate them to be leaders. Absolutely. I found that in my experience too. At first I started with just finding the best programmers and the best designers, but once you hit scale, right, once you start getting out of that five to 10 people range, all of a sudden you need to inject these, you know, split it up into teams, right? Compartmentalize it. And then you need to inject these leaders into the situation. And those people I believe that they've been they're they're underrated in the eyes of a developer going to a role of CTO, and I have found them to be unbelievably valuable and important to the growth of the company. Uh, yeah, because uh, when you grow uh, quickly, uh, you cannot do uh, the task management for forty people or like that. You need a lot of people who can think about that and to promote. Uh, uh, that way of thinking that uh, you are uh, you don't need to uh, wait for the task. A lot of people are waiting to receive the task, but uh, w- we need to turn that around and to make them uh, um, seek for tasks. Let's say to uh, to find something and uh, what to do, and then just uh, tell you, okay, I will do this and that. that I wanted to do that, 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 and this. Not not to just uh, uh, wait for the task. I think that's that's one of the important things that we need to know. Fantastic. No, this has been like the most amazing conversation. I absolutely was blown away when I saw your graphics of your game, and I was super excited that I'd get to talk to you. And it's definitely expectation has been exceeded. <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much uh, for talking with us today on podcast these like we talked about a lot the vr consumer behavior uh, your origin story and you know the amazon alexa is definitely the thing that stood out 
the most to me. I'm going to get off this call and I'm going to go play with it. I'm going to go download the uh, application to my Amazon Alexa and, and walk through the Europa one because that just sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having me also. Thank you so much for listening to the Modern CTO Podcast. Share this. Get the word out. Thank you guys so much. I couldn't do it without you. I appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best.